This is Offspin. I think I enjoyed the Istanbul Straits, you know, so far the best. It's a pretty sight, you know, nice, interesting uh, million dollar holiday homes of uh, people on either side and uh, it's a great route. And do you often encounter dolphins chasing you on the ship? Pretty much uh, all the time, I would say, you know. Um, so there are these uh, pressure areas that mm-hmm. are generated due to uh, the ship's movement through the water uh-huh. right at the forward part you know okay so you'll see a bunch of them always there it's probably like a jacuzzi or something for them you know offspin media friends proudly presents a day in your life by anant krishnan an offspin original hi My name is Anant and welcome to this podcast where this is all about you a day in your life. In the 6th episode of the series I speak with a merchant navy captain. The captain has a request to not reveal his name. So for everyone's convenience I'm going to be continuing calling him captain. Let's hear what the captain has to say about a day in his life. Hi captain could you give me a little description about yourself where you're born and raised? Hi Anand uh, so I was born up in uh, Mumbai and uh, as you are aware uh, I am uh, working in the merchant navy and I sail as a master or uh, you some, I mean it sometimes referred to as skipper or captain you know uh, either one of them the same thing I spent half of my time on uh, land and the other half at sea so basically I I'm on land for 3 months and at 3 uh, months at sea I enjoy travel a lot you know so that's why I thought I'll have something related to travel as my work and uh, yeah so far I'm pretty happy with the way things are going awesome could you tell me a little about your education and how did you happen to get into the merchant navy okay travel has always been on my mind and this was one of the places uh, where I felt I could work and travel at the same time. So I joined the Merchant Navy after uh, my junior college. I mean I joined actually I started my training after junior college. Mm-hmm. Um it began with uh, pre-sea training which is uh, about 3 months. It's a residential course and thereafter it's a 3 year uh, onboard uh, ship training. Okay. They call it the cadet ship. basically you are an apprentice uh-huh. after that training i had to attend uh, college for a few months and uh, then competency exams and orals okay and then finally after all of this uh, you get declared as an officer okay and, uh, you start off uh, the rank of uh, third officer and uh, then after required sea time basically sailing and uh, experience mm-hmm. you get promoted to second officer then from second officer chief officer and finally master or captain so that has been the i mean the course so far awesome do you remember what was your first uh, cadet trip like how long was it oh it was long yeah i mean it was 9 uh, months and uh, oh man <laughs> yeah 
ऑलमोस्ट फेल्ट लाइक हे रिटर्न बैक यू नो या दर्ज अ लॉर्ड ऑफ वर्क यू नो दर्ज लॉर्ड ऑफ स्टडी एंड इट इज प्रेटी हेटिक एंड अनफॉर्चुनेटली आई वॉज ऑन वन ऑफ दोज most hectic uh, vessel you know where we were calling port every second day you know oh. i mean my longest sailing then was uh, one and a half day or two days you know okay that was the longest sailing so very hectic i would say and uh, i mean it was uh, i mean uh, let's say it was good and bad to have uh, such a ship as your first ship you know hmm. because uh, you have a very easy first ship then all your other ships become a problem Yeah. you have something like this you never have a problem after that so the second one was my condition aha uh-huh. <laughs> yeah because i think you are honed extremely well in that 9 months of your first trip absolutely i mean uh, after that uh, you you can handle pretty much anything you know so it was but it was it was really bad it mm-hmm. was really bad that first ship but uh, after that i never had a problem so that is a good part so okay Yeah, that first nine months was a struggle. Uh, so it was basically nine, nine, nine months I did initially mm-hmm. um, during that cadet ship, the training period. So three ships of nine months each. That's how it was. Oh man, that's a long time, and this is with no Saturday and Sunday, and of course no holidays. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Every day felt the same. <laughs> oh man, one worse than the other, you know. Hmm, and uh, I'm. clearly there was no internet back then and you had to how did you you know perhaps get in touch with your family uh so there was no internet even uh, calling was not so easy it was uh, quite expensive if i would equate it uh, in today's uh, day calling from sea you know while you're sailing at i mean at sea not not in not in port you know where you have uh, um network like mobile network right um i would say a minute was about uh, 5 600 bucks yeah oof a minute of uh, voice at that time okay so it was quite expensive uh the other form of uh, communication would be through old school uh, letters okay and uh, the beauty about it was it took ages to reach <laughs> so it would so happen then that certain letters for you would arrive after you have left the ship you know okay. so i would receive letters which were which were <laughs> for the person i redeemed okay. uh, that was it then but uh, now it's much better yeah so i mean better it's way way better uh, you got internet and communication is no problem it's much better Yeah, just to update the listener, me and the captain are having this conversation while he's on board on a ship, you know, somewhere in South America. Absolutely, yes, that is what it is today. So amazing! It's quite good now. Yeah, what is your day like usually from the time you wake up and you know until the day ends? Could you tell me a little about this? I I can break it down to you know two parts. Let's say a sea day mm-hmm. and a port day. okay because uh, it would be quite different uh, so i'll talk about the sea day first okay sea day is actually quite in my control i can control the sea day i wake up at 6 uh, i do a bit of workout then breakfast is from 7 um, uh, to 8 mm-hmm. and uh, i i hit work by 8 uh, in the morning would work till 5 uh, um, breaking for lunch at uh, 
12 between 12 and 1 and uh, dinner is from 6 to 7 p.m and i finally crash at 10 okay so that would be my uh, day now uh, what i would do when i start is i would get an update from all departments on board you have three departments the deck department uh, the engine room and uh, the galley galley is basically your catering and your your kitchen okay so we'll get an update from there see how things are planned and uh, if any changes need to be made there or if there are any issues those need to be dealt with then i start the more important thing which would be communicating with the outside world mm-hmm. now the outside world would include the owners owners that is the ship owners the people who own the ship mm-hmm. the charters they charter the vessels uh, the technical managers they manage the vessel and finally the crewing managers they manage the crew okay so the owners they want to know what is happening they need to know details they it's their ship obviously and they are entitled to so they need to be assured that everything is going as per plan and any issues need to be reported and so that is what happens with the own owners the charters I would say these are very important people because uh, that is where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. They would they fix the cargo basically. Mm. So, and how this is done? Suppose the ship is in a particular region, mm-hmm. they will look around there for cargo which would be suitable for the vessel, and uh, they'll also check like what would be the fate involved for this. I mean, whether it's a profitable thing. Once such a cargo has been identified. This information is passed to the vessel. You get to know you're okay. You're going to load from port A and uh, you have to discharge that cargo in port B. So this is how the voyage gets fixed, you know. So this job is done by the charterers. So the charterers need to know how is the cargo on board if everything is fine. Mm. They need to know when are you reaching port. You need to give them a lot of updates related to the cargo, related to time of arrival and all so that kind of communication happens with the charters Hmm. so then you have the technical managers they look into the maintenance of the vessel now the vessel has to be maintained right like your car and bike yeah Uh, it it goes to the service center from time to time and there's like a maintenance done on it and all Mm -hmm. same way uh the ship also every five years goes to a dry dock you know to get major uh, maintenance done, which is below water level, you know, which which we can't do at sea. Mm. Rest of the maintenance can be done at sea. Okay. Uh, you know, so these technical managers they ensure that uh, the ship is run safely. They provide you with whatever you need. You need spare parts. You need food. I mean, pretty much anything you need is uh, managed by the technical managers. Okay. So, they ensure that you have valid licenses and certificates to trade. Mm-hmm. These need to be renewed from time to time. Mm-hmm. To renew them, there are certain inspections which need to be done. All this is handled by the technical managers. Okay. And then you have the crew ma- the crew managers. These people uh, organize the crew changes. Now you can't have the people on board sailing forever. You know they need to get relieved from time to time. You know. Yeah. Uh, whenever the whenever their contract ends so the planning of that getting the next person ready organized 
yeah happens by the i mean is done by the crew managers so they also need to be aware of you know who has to be relieved when and where and you know that kind of communication so basically i'm communicating with the outside world we get information we share information okay this is how i would say my uh, three days okay four days a port day is uh, something which is out of my control yeah. you know because uh, i can't control timings here when the port calls the ship in the vessel has to go in and uh, for loading discharging for fueling or, or or bunkering you know whatever you you go when the port is ready not when the ship is ready ship okay. is ready all the time actually Okay. I mean we could be called at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. any time, you know. So that is when there are no timings. Hmm. Everything works as per port timings. Uh sometimes you could land up being awake for almost 24 hours, you know, without any rest and all, but then that's the way it is. Uh that's the way port the port is. Things have to be done then. Hmm. They have to be done. Got it. That's why I said it's it's out of my control. that's more or less my day now that you know me clearly a guy like me can't work in the ship <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people would find it difficult to handle those kind of uh, times you know the night uh, things yeah. they are really tricky but uh, i mean i hate it i i i i i don't hate anything more than that you know especially when we have night operations and all you know oh, yeah. you do whatever you want during the day but hey please spare the night man. Exactly. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's what it is. So, how is it to be a captain and to perhaps head a team of thirty odd people or maybe more to sail? How do you prepare for it, and what are the challenges that uh, you would face? So, basically, uh, preparing for a voyage. now that is very interesting because uh, you have to have a proper plan in place uh, firstly you get all the information mm-hmm. you know as to where the ship is headed which port to which port so you prepare a passage plan for the entire thing okay it's going to take me so many days to go from place a to place b Mm-hmm. uh this is uh, the amount of uh, fuel i would need obviously uh, the ship uh, has minimum number of people required to run it from uh, place a to place b so there are certain checks which need to be in place uh, before the ship can depart from port all these plans have to be in place you need to have certain amount of uh, food and certain amount of spares and uh, things like that before you can uh, you know uh set on the voyage and uh, yeah that is uh, the kind of uh, preparation you would have mm-hmm. made uh, you know before you head out uh, you better be well prepared because uh, <laughs> you'll get stranded at sea if you're uh, you know if you run out imagine you run out of fuel oh, in man. the middle of the ocean disaster absolute disaster yeah uh, so you can't you can't afford to be in such a situation so everything has to be well planned for yeah and uh, then handling people on board um, yeah it's, it's quite challenging you know because uh, people on board are away from home uh, for very long duration you know? so yeah that does put some strain on your mind then uh, there are different nationalities you're working with different cultures so that can be challenging as well you know because you you need to understand uh, the culture you need to understand where everyone is coming from you know right. especially when you're on a 
sailing on a ship with a multinational crew and mostly nowadays uh, you do find uh, multinational crew on board uh, vessels you know i normally sail with around like 6 7 different nationalities oh ho but then uh, over a period of time you tend to understand you know you tend to understand those nationalities and uh, you prepare accordingly yeah another challenging thing is weather yeah you oh. prepare as much as you can you know yeah but then uh, you have to face weather yeah you can't uh, i mean you can avoid it that sometimes but uh, there are sometimes when you have to face the fury yeah so for example you have to cross the north atlantic ocean in winter uh-huh. this can be a nightmare the ship ship will be rolling and pitching all through the voyage uh, let's say a new york to europe would take you about uh, 9 days 10 days depending on how how the weather is you will be rolling and pitching all through that voyage you know because the north atlantic in winter is messed up you know it is it is very bad uh you have you seen those charlie chaplin films he's having uh, you know he takes one spoon from the bowl and that bowl uh, rolls over to uh, the next person and uh, that person is also <laughs> i don't know if you would remember seeing this but then uh, uh, let me tell you it's much worse on board you know you might not get that bowl back it will probably <laughs> be off the table or something <laughs> okay so so you have to uh, i mean uh, you can't do much uh, in uh, weather that's uh, one of the major challenges i feel you face at sea hmm. and uh, sleeping also can be tough yeah in such weather your uh, you're constantly tossing all over the place so you don't you don't rest basically you think you're sleeping you're not sleeping you know you are awake yeah and uh, imagine doing uh, 10 to 15 days sometimes 20 days if you are doing pacific it could be 30 days oh. you might not get it that bad all through the voyage but i would say 10 days uh, 10 to 15 days of such weather is quite possible yeah hmm. is um, is very much possible actually hmm. so you are not rested imagine when you are not rested how you would be the next day and what can you achieve the next day so it is challenging then you have some missionary failure or something you know something goes wrong with the missionary mm-hmm. yeah you have uh, spare parts uh, i mean a cert- certain amount of spare parts on board you know but then uh, something goes beyond that god help you yeah. again that's on you and that's a major problem yeah yeah now add some missionary failure with bad weather together oh ho and then you have the ideal recipe for disaster you know this is a bit pretty bad yeah i can't imagine how scary that would be then you have various emergencies to deal with yeah um, for example a man overboard or a fire and all yeah this is serious serious stuff now think of a fire ashore what will you do you'll run you have place to run you know you don't have that option at sea ashore you can call for a fire brigade and things like that you know to assist yeah. to deal with the fire you have number dial a number correct here you, know, you have to attend brigade. to the situation yourself you are the fire brigade yes so yeah but then drills and some training and all help you prepare for all these situations so right these could be some of the challenges that you can face yeah you can encounter all these things I was saying uh, with respect to weather your description that you just gave uh, perhaps your company might uh, you know reroute you depending on the weather forecast you know that it might 
you know kind of predict with the kind of cargo that you're carrying and the route that you might take if you analyze or predict bad weather it might not tell you to take that route does that happen yes yes you reroute you reroute uh does help a little bit but i'm um, just try i just gave you an example of uh, the north atlantic it's uh, pretty much uh, totally messed up you know so yeah. all throughout I, the year the only then the only thing then is uh, no winter 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 months okay um, so you can avoid but there are times when uh, i mean the only the only way to avoid it is not call that port only yeah you'll have to head to some other port only you have to instead of europe i mean say northern europe you might need to go to uh, some port in the mediterranean or something which is not possible obviously eventually you have to land up you know so there is a, a good bit of weather that you will face right maybe not as bad by by the rerouting and all but uh, even the not as bad is uh, quite bad hmm yeah depending yeah. on the size of the ship now if i'm if i'm on a major huge uh, you know uh, 3 and a half lakh or uh, up to 5 lakh ton vlcc you know these big big huge uh, oil carriers yeah no problem but if you are on a smaller a uh, 50000 dead weight uh, a sm- and smaller ship you will be tossed all over the place even in very uh, you know not so bad weather oh. so okay even the reroute even the rerouting is not going to be easy on you it's going to take a toll so that is weather and plus as the saying goes sometimes the quickest way is to ride through the storm <laughs> um i mean after so many years i would not dare to do that but uh, you know i don't mind taking that uh, extra time and uh, rerouting and all and uh, get slightly better weather than uh, you know go through it uh, it depends yeah uh, yeah maybe uh, yeah if it is just one day of manageable weather mm. understood rather than having three days of uh, torture you know yeah, so in some cases it might work but in some cases it might be very bad and you don't want to be in uh, such a bad situation where imagine there's a structural damage uh, for the ship uh, in all in that weather you know yeah so that can be very serious so you don't want to take those kind of chances you know yeah so you probably prefer taking not so bad weather yes i know it is going to be uncomfortable for a little longer time but then at the same time you know that that kind of weather is not going to cause so much of damage you know mm-hmm. to the vessel or i mean the risk is less i get so it i get that it way. captain how many times would you have sailed till now and which is perhaps the most amazing route that comes to your mind if i ask you right away now so i've been sailing for about uh, 20 odd uh, years now mm-hmm. and um, it's been interesting um, i think i enjoyed the istanbul straits you know um, so far the best this it's got uh, i mean it's got nice it's it's a nice view basically mm-hmm. you pass pretty i mean it's a narrow channel okay about half a mile hmm ha the that would be the width of the channel and uh, it's a pretty site you know nice interesting uh, million dollar holiday homes of uh, people on either side and uh, it's a great route wow there's another great route uh, which is um, the medlin straits that's south of chile 
okay that's also pretty neat you know it's got ice mountains on either side and uh, something what you would have probably seen in game of thrones or lord of the rings and all you know that kind of a scenery wow so yeah for a ship which is constantly at sea mm. definitely looks good yeah these are things which you would enjoy seeing and do you often encounter dolphins chasing you on the ship pretty much uh, all the time i would say you know um, so there are these uh, pressure areas mm-hmm. that are generated due to uh, the ship's movement through the water uh-huh. uh right at the forward part you know okay so you'll see a bunch of them always uh you know always there it's probably like a jacuzzi or something for them you know? so <laughs> a lot of time uh, yeah uh then you'll find uh, uh 20 30 of them trying to cross ahead of you you know like just just ahead hmm. i don't know what uh, i mean, probably a sport for them but yeah. uh, that also happens quite often you know hmm. they would uh, notice the ship from a distance and uh, this is what uh, they would do. yeah plenty dolphins yeah so nice it's interesting have you ever managed to spot whales yes whales also they come to the surface to breathe yeah uh-huh. that's the time you spot them and then they take a dive uh, back in so quite a number of times uh, we've spotted the uh, whales and they would normally be in pairs right. you will not see a single whale it will always will always be in pair yeah it's nice it's uh, these are the these are the things you look forward to and you enjoy seeing and see you know when there's not i mean when there's only water uh, this is all what you can see coming back to your ship have you or a team member faced any health situation on a sailing trip if so how did you handle that yes uh, there have been a uh, number of uh, health situations but uh, all manageable nothing uh, really very critical okay uh, at least i have been lucky not to face anything like that hmm. if it's something normal then uh, and if you understand what it is and you can ad- administer required medicines for it you have a medicine chest on board which uh, is required by international law to okay. be i mean you have a certain scale of medicines that you need to be carrying on board mm-hmm. uh, for doing if you're doing a voyage more than a certain number of days you need to have uh, this kind of stock on board you know okay so that covers uh, most of uh, the illnesses you know that uh, you can you can expect okay if you don't have a solution to the problem then you can get shore assistance okay. you have something called zirm uh, this is uh, they are based out of rome and okay. they provide uh, 24 hours assistance you give them a problem you will have to provide uh, some basic information about the patient you know vitals and the details that is needed they have a checklist you give that to them and uh, they will provide you with uh, you know a diagnosis of whatever uh, the ailment or injury or whatever it is you know. got it they'll also know what kind of medicines you have on board you'll have to give them a list and uh, they'll give you advice if it is serious they will be told to land the person in the next port you know okay whichever or if it is very serious then the ship has to be diverted you know got it to the nearest port to or probably get the person uh, evacuated by helicopter or something so okay these would be the options that you would need to look into you know if it's uh, 
if it's very serious case and i mean uh, luckily i have not had many uh, serious any serious case it's uh, all been manageable okay and uh, yeah even if the per- even if the person had to go i mean uh, go to see a doctor or something i was not very far from port so i've been lucky that way so and i thank my stars for it i pray it always be this way yes coming to the next question uh, you know let's talk about food in the ship how does your food department you know prepare for journeys ahead and uh, how do they keep a count of food in stock could you describe food in general on board see normally the number of people sailing on board is uh, quite constant you know it doesn't vary you have a fixed number of people uh, sailing so you know the number of people that are on board next you need to know is uh, the different kinds of nationalities of you know mm. because the cuisine will be a little different so i would classify it as uh, three main cuisines that you would find on board one would be indian uh filipino and uh, european okay these three cuisines will cover most of the nationalities that i normally sail with food according to these type of cuisines have would have to be prepared so that is the kind of uh, stock list you would make for uh, you know the voyage mm-hmm. or uh, before you would before you would set out this is what you would need to get on board mm-hmm. so frozen food like uh, meats fish and other dry stuff you pick up for normally 3 months okay uh, whereas uh, the problem is always with uh, fresh of uh, uh, vegetables and fruits this basically as a share, i mean it won't last you more than 20 25 days max got it so that is where uh, you normally tend to have a problem you know so you can stock up but much can you stock up you can stock up only for uh, that many days because beyond that uh, it won't survive so 3 months with the frozen food you're pretty stocked up so in case it's a very long voyage like uh, you're doing a cross pacific or something you would uh, want to have some frozen vegetables and uh, you know tinned fruit options you know which will help once your or uh, fresh runs out till you hit the next port where you can top up again so that is uh, more or less how the food thing works you know? mm. so the chef has to be pretty good with his uh, ordering you know yeah because you don't want to have your your omelet without an egg or your coriander <laughs> chutney without any coriander you know yeah. <laughs> you can't afford to miss out so <laughs> you got to be good with your ordering and yeah you can't miss any item because every item is important you know? absolutely and no chances taken with food you can sail you can sail without cargo but uh, you don't want to sail without food yeah like you said long voyages always play a mind game with the crew on board and you ever don't want to be stuck in a situation without food and this is one of the things which can help the, you lighten them up you know but so yeah you don't want to take any chance with this yes correct correct the next question is a little personal question uh since i know you really like motorcycles and road travel what importance does travel in general hold in your life i have the advantage of a pure vacation in my Three months of vacation, I do not attend to any work calls or emails. I see a lot of my friends work uh, on land, 
they do so even in their holidays so basically no. i have uh, the liberty of going on a road trip for the entire 3 months of my vacation so i have done a lot of interesting rides a few to mention would be bombay to ladakh oh, this man. took about 30 days till i got back home then i did bombay bangalore and the northeast superb uh, meghalaya in detail actually uh, i've done a lot of solo rides other than this as well they are all pretty interesting i prefer going to remote locations less crowded ones uh, they are more appealing my work also involves travel which is uh, a very important thing in my life so i travel while i work and uh, then i travel while i'm on vacation that's been my life so far about travel i just have one thing to say cover the earth before it covers you and i think i'm doing a pretty good job at it oh very well said what advice uh, would you have for people who would want to be a sailor firstly be sure of what you're getting into uh, you don't want to waste 3 to 4 years years of your life uh, training to come to see only to realize that you can't survive the environment this is the most important thing i would want to tell uh, everyone then uh, these days um, everything is pretty commercialized you know uh, and so is shipping it used to be much more peaceful earlier shipping you know where um, port turnaround time was much longer and uh, no one really uh, gave a damn about time you know ships were in port for uh, days and weeks uh, probably even months you know together and uh, probably nothing happened on a saturday and a sunday you know in many ports uh, no cargo was worked uh, on those days mm. so it was very peaceful you could do your own thing you could do whatever you wanted to uh, in port those days security was not very great uh, so now lot of places uh, security is a major issue some places uh, you can't go out certain ports you know because of uh, security requirements and restrictions and all that you know in certain countries yeah so it has gotten a little difficult so you will i mean uh, port stays are short now so you won't have too much time when you're visiting a port and you know you know you want to go sightseeing and all that that's uh, your time has definitely shortened you know but uh, safety and all has improved a lot you know ships are much safer earlier they were not that way so lesser accidents and uh, the industry is now moving to zero accidents you know they mm. want to go to zero so so that is an advantage there are the advantages there are the disadvantages so ultimately it's a personal call i would say yeah that's a very sincere advice from you captain captain would you have any fun memorable incident that you might have experienced you know something that's unforgettable mm, yes so i joined uh, a ship once as uh, i was chief officer then uh-huh. um, that ship was new new for me and uh, the people on board also had not sailed with earlier okay so the captain had scheduled a meeting with uh, the senior officers on one sunday morning okay and ship was at sea okay he told me to give him a wake up call you know an hour prior mm-hmm. so i did call him at the scheduled time uh, and uh, when no one answered i thought probably he's already awake you know probably in the shower or must have left the cabin or something so yeah mm-hmm. say 15 minutes prior the meeting 
thing. I just gone on the bridge, you know, for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then while having a chat with the uh, officer on watch, I asked him, like, "Had you seen the captain? Is he around?" Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy said, "No, he hadn't seen him this morning." You know. But then I told him, "Hey, but I already called him. Like it's been 45 minutes since I called him." So. And then he just asked, like, okay, how did you call him? And like, I, I phoned him, you know, I, I gave him a ring in the in his cabin. No, 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 no. Like, how long the phone ring? Uh, I, I said like six to ten times, pretty normal, you know. That's uh. And then he told me, no, <laughs> you have to make sure the phone rings for five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, what? Five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I think a, I think a dead person can wake up in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> of ringing of these uh, loud, loud phones. And then I'm like, I'd only heard of heavy sleepers uh, till then. Yeah, I'd never encountered anyone like this. And then I also thought, hey, if we have an emergency or something, how do we wake up the captain, man? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> when I joined my first ship, I remember on the first day when I got a call, mm-hmm. I missed it. Yeah, I I I would consider myself a heavy sleeper then. You know, when I never heard alarms and never any doorbell or anything. You know, uh, before coming to sea. But when I came to sea, even on the first day, I didn't hear anything. But then after that, the uh, way I was folded for it and all. And the repercussions of it. Uh, with that, I never missed that call again. You know, ever in my life. Okay. So that is how I was, and like I really wondered uh, how exactly you know. Did a captain manage to do to this? Up, you know, and, yeah. And uh, how do you then like how do you get hold of uh, this uh, captain when uh, it is an emergency and all? You know, so. But yeah, that was quite uh, interesting incident. With you might have to perhaps place a secondary uh, horn in his cabin for an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the closest yeah. to waking up in a jiffy, like. Correct, correct. The they have to redesign that ship, you know, wherever he is, or he needs to carry <laughs> this thing, you know, wherever he's going, you know, whichever whichever ship he's going on, you know, and, and a buzzer just outside the cabin. <laughs> So <laughs> Yeah, that is crazy. Wow, that was a really fun one. Thank you for this conversation, Captain. It was a really wonderful conversation with you. Hey, thanks a lot, yeah, uh, Anant for uh, having me here. I it was a great opportunity and I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this and I wish you a safe journey and I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much and all the best to you too. You just heard A Day in Your Life, an Offspin original, created and produced by Anant Krishnan. This show is live and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Savan, Ghana, Wink, and every other place we thought hosted podcasts. Give the Offspin team a like, maybe a subscribe on their Instagram page, and be in touch. We love hearing from you. Keep listening to content from Offspin Media friends and keep glistening.
The opinions expressed in this show are personal to the guests and the host and do not necessarily represent the opinions of the producer or the platform. This show does not intend to defame and denigrate any individual or organization in India or outside. The show is created for entertainment purposes only. It does not encourage smoking, drinking or any kind of substance use. It may contain the use of harsh language that may be considered offensive, rude or profane by the listeners. It may also contain incidents that mention or describe mental health issues, casteism, suicide and violence. Listeners are advised to use their discretion. This is Offspin.